Hello everyone and welcome to Football Weekly. In this podcast we'll be discussing what has happened in the world of football in the past seven days, as well as our prediction for the week ahead. Of this time, we will not. As usual, I'm joined by co-host Josh Sykes. You alright? And uh, replacing Henry this week will be Jack Neither because Henry is otherwise occupied. Hello everyone. A bit professional that one. <laughs> yeah, it is. But um, this week we're talking about, well obviously the coronavirus, how that has affected the world of football, but mainly it's starting off with our weekly roundup and the Champions League because we did the second round of fixtures, of course, starting off with RB Leipzig. Pronounced it right this week, uh, who managed to defeat Tottenham Hotspurs by three goals to nil. We're going to let Josh take the lead on this one because, well, me and Jack didn't really watch yeah, the game. I actually watched the Champions League. Yeah. So, yeah, we none of us actually predicted this one last week. RB Leipzig would ran riot over Tottenham, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, more possession, way more shots on target, far more passes. They just dominated the whole. They dominated the game as a whole, and just outdid Tottenham. If I'm honest, they were they were poor, lackluster, and Jose Mourinho's got a big task if he wants to actually get Tottenham to progress as a team and keep his job. Yeah, yeah. So RB Leipzig went through four 0 on aggregate in that game. It's worth looking at um, Marcel Sabitza as well for like Leipzig. Uh, I mean, if he's going to score two goals against a big team like Tottenham Hotspur, you have to wonder should Premier League clubs be looking at him. I mean, obviously, he, played, he must have played well to get two goals. Tottenham's defence consisted of Eric Dyer, Alderweireld and uh, Jaffet Tanganga. How do you pronounce that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, you have to be looking at why are Premier League clubs looking at players, players like Sabitzer? So he's quite young, to say, for his age. And uh, he did quite well for him. Yeah, he did. But at the end of the day, he had, he had a really good performance. Um, obviously, captain the side. And it, it was a dominant performance from him. He, he seemed very vocal in the middle of the park. He didn't know, knew what he was doing, but you've got to question Tottenham's defence and Larice as a goalkeeper. He made several mistakes for the goals and the overall yeah. Tottenham were very, very poor. Uh, on to the next game, it was Valencia v Atalanta. Now, this game I did not watch the amount of notifications I got through and I wish I had have watched it. Um, Valencia were defeated at home to Atalanta 4-3 behind closed doors. Atalanta went through 8-4 on aggregate. Jack, you may not have watched the game, but have, a, have an assumption as to how the game went. Oh, I, I assume that Atalanta didn't, didn't play very well. <laughs> you, you, as, you, as, we'll put it this way. <laughs> Lillie scored four goals. Not seeing one man team. No, from what I read, Atalanta were, were just dominant as they were in the first leg as well. Um... Yeah, possession-wise, obviously had less. To be fair, they had less everything. They just managed to put away the chances they hadn't. Well, if you've got a clinical striker like, uh, like him, then you know you know you've got a chance to get through. Valencia are a big team, probably one of the biggest teams in Spain. Atalanta, no offense to them, but they're not a massive team in Italy. Atalanta, they're not. We discussed last week. They're what they've done for the past two seasons is quite remarkable. I don't think they're not they're that high up in Syria, but last season they finished quite highly, got into the Champions League, and completely defied expectations. Uh, yeah, and of course, uh, Valencia have had three players so far test positive for the coronavirus, which may, may possibly affect the performance. Can't say it had, but um, Ezekiel Garay, uh, Alequim Mangala and Jose Gaia all tested positive for the coronavirus, which is obviously unfortunate for their club. Uh, may have affected performance. You, you, can't, you can't say, can you? You can't say. You can't say, but at the end of the day, it was a massive hurdle to overcome in order to actually defeat Atalanta and get thrown aggregate in the first place. Yeah, say the first leg, first leg result as well. 
Yeah. Now we skip on to Wednesday, and another game I did not watch was PSG Borussia Dortmund. That's because I watched the Liverpool game. But the PSG Borussia Dortmund, PSG were victorious over Borussia Dortmund 2 0. Haaland did not show up, and PSG went through 3 2 on aggregate. Something which I think me, Josh, and Henry didn't predict. We did not predict. No, we predicted Haaland to uh, go out and storm them, and they just didn't. Dortmund were lackluster. Um, PSG definitely turned it around from the first leg. Uh, Dortmund were dominant, but they just couldn't. They couldn't put away the chances. They weren't very clinical in front of goal. Eleven shots, two on target is quite poor. And also, Emi Chan getting sent off as well doesn't really help, but that yeah. didn't affect it because it was so late on and the goals came in the first half. Now onto the game that, um, well, it just epitomises the Champions League, really, doesn't it? <laughs> the holders are out. Never would have guessed it. Well, it was it was an interesting game. Like Liverpool played well. You could argue Liverpool were the better team across. Um, well, certainly in this game, it was just that you've got people like Adrian in goal. He made a cut. It, oh, it was it was disgraceful. The what he did was it was shocking. It ah, oh, I can't even put it into it. It was horrendous. Well, the Simeone masterclass has cost. Uh, Goes to Liverpool, not only get three goals, but to defend that lead that they had the first leg. A lot of people wouldn't have predicted that, but it shows the strength of this left on the good side. It does, but all Atletico's goals came in extra time. Mm. It, Liverpool managed to obviously get the goal in the uh, main period of the game, sent it on to extra time. Firmino scored first in the 94th minute. Absolute hysterics in the stands. Um, then Urente goes and gets a brace, and Morata gets one in the end and does a unique celebration, and every single Atletico player legged it to the other end of the pitch. Well, it shows the effect as well, of what, as well as Simeone. He must have given a great full time talk to make his side not only to go down early on in the extra time, but to also come back from that uh, and come out uh, with a 3 2 victory. It's a massive result for them. No, but at the end of the day, if, they, if, they've had a, if Liverpool had had Alisson in goal, Atletico Madrid would not have won. It's mm. as simple as that. Adrian yeah. cost them that game. And it just shows the importance of having a good of good goalkeeper. As a striker, you can miss one chance but get one later on. If a goalkeeper messes up, you leave him to a goal. And in his case, he led to two. Yeah, the difference between a world-class goalkeeper in Allison and a, let's say, a mediocre goalkeeper in um, Adrian to say. Yeah, and we would go on to the Premier League now, but... Uh, <laughs> all, well, this is really unfortunate, but all of our predictions were unfortunately false. Nothing we could do about it, of course. We've all the games being postponed. Yeah, none of us predicted it. Due to the coronavirus. Yeah, none of us predicted Watford P, Leicester P, I can tell you that much no. for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, we're in my top five predictions to say. Yeah. They did play their game on Football Manager, though. Yes, <laughs> because <laughs> social media had some oh. fun. Oh, that was brilliant. Connect four games, uh, knots and crosses games, bubble mind games. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was class. You've got to hand it to the admins oh. have uh, handled this situation. It's been, it's been well, <laughs> funny to watch from an outside point of view, to be fair um, to them. Have you seen what Leighton Orient have done as well? Yeah, we started the FIFA 20 <laughs> tournament with <obviously, laughs> Bradford City are not in it, which... Um, Huddersfield Town are, I, I appreciate that. I, like that, I, like that. I don't think all them are, I'm not sure. Yeah. They could be. Um, let me try and find it. Leighton. And they've, um, today I've asked Laura Woods, um, probably one of the... I'm not going to say that, probably the best female pundit to host the draw. Yeah. Which would be quite interesting. I don't know if she's yet to reply or not, but... We'll have to wait, wait and see. They've got uh, international teams in it, such as... Sorry, we're just waiting for Josh to get this up. Oh, <laughs> here we go. I know Roma's in it. They've got um, teams from all over the world. All of them are in it. They're all right there. All of them are in it. Oh, so look at that. There's the, like, you've got Accrington. You've got um, Adelaide from Australia. You've Adel got Den Haag. Adel Den Haag. 
Yeah, you can't wait to see other than Hagrid versus Manchester City. Yeah, it's going to be great again. Roma versus Macclesfield Town. Oh, this is going to be. You've got Wilhelm the second again. Heracles Almelo versus Manchester United. It's going to be real. It's going to be great. Oh, this is going to be FC Sion against Doncaster Rovers. But they're calling it the ultimate quarantine, which is um, obviously a play on words. Which Istanbul boss like a hair. Yeah, oh, it's got absolutely class, is this? Um, but if we look onto social media, we can see quite a few things. So we've got Paddy Powell created a chain, you know, just making sure that the, someone was actually in the office and doing his work. Um, it's, it's great to see the football community's uh, reaction though, to obviously football being postponed. Uh, we've seen a lot of memes come out of it, a lot of jokes come out of it, and football comes handling it really well, to be fair to them. So credit to, um, not I mean, a little team at least, well, not, not what we call a little team, but a League Two side at Leighton Orient managed to get interest from all over the world. I wonder how much their fan base has been boosted by this fight getting these massive teams to agree to play them in a FIFA, FIFA tournament. I mean, to be fair, who wouldn't? There's nothing better to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's massive for them. It's massive, though. And um, I'm sure they'll be really pleased with that. Moving away from our weekly roundup and on to, obviously, the big talking point of this past week. The coronavirus has postponed football Not all over the past world. Week, past, well, past month, everything. Yeah, it's yeah. postponed everything, really. Past- We've seen footballers get diagnosed with it, such as Daniel Rugani, Manolo Gabbiandini, manager... Alexis Sanchez. Um, Arteta. Has he got it? Sanchez. Well, Sanchez, Sanchez had it. Sanchez, I didn't know that. Uh, Sanchez has got it then. Utter Nadoi, Arteta. Yeah, but the, the worst part about it so far is 21-year-old Spanish coach Francisco Garcia Malaga uh, was diagnosed with it, but at the same time was diagnosed with leukaemia and has sadly passed away, unfortunately. So, obviously, uh, thoughts going out to his family and friends. Probably won't be listening to this, but just putting it yeah. out there. Uh, but, yeah, obviously, coronavirus has since today, I think it's gone down, has postponed the Euros and the Copa America, which is... A big, it's a big blow, obviously, for football fans are like. However, the Olympics have said there's no need to take any drastic decisions and they've not stopped the Olympics, which I suppose is something. Uh, other positive for us, however, uh, is that when the Euros will be happening, we'll be 18, so we can now go oh, on. the lads, up the lads. But yeah, obviously, there's several options available right 16. now. <laughs> <laughs> several several uh, options available right now as to what to do with the football season. Of course, this would mean, uh, well, we'll leave it to Josh because actually knows all the options, which we could possibly be getting into, uh, such as the West Ham chairman's Karen Brady's opinions, which I've received a very varied, mixed reaction, to say the least. Yeah, so there are um, five things. I'm taking this off Sky Sports. So the first one is to declare the 2019-2020 season null and void, which basically means this season would never have happened. It is just irrelevant in pretty much everything. So this is the most drastic option in effect the entire season so far, which approximately 75% of the entire campaign will be wiped from the record books. This would rule out a title winner, qualification for Europe, relegation and so forth. And the new 2021 season would begin from scratch. What do we think? Uh, I disagree with it completely. I yeah. mean, it's unfair on teams yeah. like Sheffield United. Yeah. Um, Liverpool as well is their first title in God knows how many years. Yeah, but that, 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 that would be funny. It's unfair on teams like Sheffield United and Wolves who have had such great seasons. Uh, would that mean that the relegate the team's relegation zone won't go down? Yeah, did, 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 no, did, this, this season would No, no, this, partic- this particular one declared the 1920 season null and void. Not as it stands now, this will be the league for next season. It'll just restart from as if this season never happened. I mean, so go from like the 18 19 results <gasps> as if this season never happened and then it just followed on to next season. It's controversial it because there's a reason those teams jump out, are in the relegation, they're clearly not good enough to be in the league. So, if you look at it that in that way, then the problem is probably shouldn't be declared null and void. Yeah, but in a way, this one is 
It's one of the better ones out of the other theories because other ones say that it, the season should finish as they are and obviously we'll come on to all them. But mm. in a way, this could be argued that it's the fairest one. It's just it's the only people it wouldn't benefit would be those of like in the Premier League seven and above, in the Championship six and above, yeah. in the League one and so forth. Everyone from I mean, bottom half of the table could not care less. Yeah. Well. They'd probably prefer this one. If I'm honest. I mean, as a Braff fan, I think I'd prefer that one, to be honest. As an Huddersfield fan, I would. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Liverpool fan, you definitely don't want this one. <laughs> I, I, in a way, I kind of hope it happens just so we can go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. If you're a Liverpool fan, you might want this one. The season is declared null and void, but Liverpool win the title. Would that mean just, just Liverpool win the title? Uh, it? Well, the most glaring issue with the null and void option is the unfairness Liverpool, 25 points, clear at the top of the league. Uh, yeah, it's pretty evident. Don't get it. So. Could the Premier League vote for Liverpool to be crowned champions? And would any teams actually vote against such a motion? <laughs> Manchester United. <laughs> um, but where do you draw the line? Make an exception just for Liverpool. That's that's a bit hard. What about yeah, like Leeds and West Brom that are in the top two of the Championship? Could you argue that they they win, but maybe don't go up, or they win and go up, and obviously that comes on to one later? But about the twenty-two teams, yeah. yeah. Well, again, I disagree with this one. Like you say, it's unfair in teams like Leeds, um, Liverpool. They're not. If, if they get that, that's special treatment for a club. Which... But at the end of the day, would they want that? They've not won the league. They've not won it. Yeah, not yet. It's very evident they probably will do. But... It's, it's fair enough for, like, for instance, all the games this weekend had gone ahead and everything had gone how it was and Man City would have lost those three games and Liverpool yeah, won on Monday night would. and then they win the league. That's, that would, that would that's fair, fair enough. Yeah. But they haven't won the title officially. So, Jack, what do you agree, disagree? What? <laughs> I, I, I disagree with it. You know, as, as you said, it is unfair on you know teams that are in the top two of you know the, the championship as, but you know it's it's what the Premier League it's what it's their decision at the end of the day. You know what I mean. What would that also mean for like the Serie uh, Serie A and the Liga teams? Would they would the teams who are at the top of their league also win their leagues, or is it just English leagues? Aren't they? I mean, they have to. They have to, wouldn't yeah. they? Surely, if if you're going to give it to one person at the top of the league, you have to give it to everyone in all five leagues. Yeah, but it's then just it'd be, But then it'd be down to each individual FA and top division authority to decide whether they'd actually be willing to do that mm. right we go on to the next one the season ends now as it is and stands as it is so nothing else happens in the league you know everyone in the relegation zone is relegated the golden boot goes as it is so that means Bournemouth Aston Villa and Norwich will be relegated as things stand after only 29 matches it will be deemed unfair because obviously you've got people Villa have only played 28 games and they're just two points yeah, off Watford fairness, so if they, yeah, won, that, they that go actually, ahead yeah. and it's just things that would that's, that, ah, it's unfair is this one yeah again I disagree with that one I think if you do that you look at the teams in the playoffs we'll have to wait for those teams in the playoffs to play each other unless you're going to do like the highest but team you, in the playoffs but you couldn't do that but you, you couldn't could, no, could. because they wouldn't resume the season so therefore those in the playoffs would not be able to play each yeah other. we'd have to wait for the playoff games stuff and God knows how long that'll be you'd get the likes of Villa who just would not be able to to get out of the relegation zone and the end of the day, if they won their game in hand, they'd go ahead of Watford and Watford would go down instead and it's just unfair. Yeah, it makes sense if, like, if you look at like the Europa League and Champions League positions. However, if you look down, if you look further down, if the Premier League will make, if, is it the Premier League making the decision? Yeah, oh. well, it's, it'd be the FA, the Premier League will make the decision and obviously however else they want to do it in all the other leagues in Europe, depends, they make their own. Depends how much they care about like the EFL and things like that. I mean, if you if you look at like Europe, I think in the Bundesliga they have like a playoff relegation playoff position. Yeah, they do. So they also have to play those playoff games and then the promotion playoff games. I, I don't think that one will work. We'd have to wait for those games to happen. So the other one is start the new season with twenty two clubs. This will benefit both Leeds and West Brom in the Championship. So it's the idea seemingly gaining traction with some supporters 
suggesting that the new Premier League season could start with 22 clubs promoting Leeds and West Brom to the current crop of 20. Such a response would mean a substantial reworking of the calendar, perhaps with an early start of changing of the FA Cup and Carabao Cup. So I'm guessing this would then mean that uh, the Championship would also go down to 22 teams due to two teams getting promoted. Or would it mean that just the automatic two of the League One will go up and two from League Two will go up and then two from the National League will go up and so on and so forth? How how would this one work? It's like a very situation, isn't it? When they were taken out of League One and they had to only one team is trying to get from the League Two. It depends if it's like a rippling effect in the rest of the Football League and how this will work for them. I think they're probably just doing them a very end. Maybe just limit the relegation spots from League Two whilst promoting maybe more to League One and more to the Championship, if that makes sense. Mm, I, obviously, this one, it would benefit Leeds and West Brom, sadly. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, it, it would make a complete mess of next season because you'd have to have more midweek games. You've got um, scrap, I think mean, you've got to scrap the um, League Cup, in my opinion. You'd have to, in order to complete this, you'd have to because it just implements too many games like your top club because you'd have... Instead of there being 38 games, you'd have, um, let me do some quick maths now, 42. Probably. You're asking the wrong person. 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 You'd have 42 games each then, and obviously then you've got the, the league, you'd have three cup competitions for those on the top as well, and then obviously you've got replays and so on and so forth. It would just congest the calendar. And at the end of the day, we all know Premier League, they'd rather pay prima donnas who don't yeah. understand playing yeah. week in, week out. Going out on a Saturday night, getting absolutely hammered and uh, getting out on a Sunday morning and playing. Well, apologies about that. We've just been interrupted as um, Josh's dog started going mental due to Jordan Pickford and Patrick <laughs> Bamford coming to the door to start him after last week's comments. My fault. Uh, but continuing on the coronavirus and the theories, we have just one more sponsor. Uh, yeah, will the season resume in April, basically? It's, this is a million-dollar question, really, isn't it? In April? Yeah, because it's postponed until the 3rd of April. Um, so, will the season continue on Saturday the 4th of April, and then we just yeah. reschedule the games that have been missed somewhere midweek and continue on? Will I, think, I think that's very unlikely to happen. This yeah, unlikely in the next, well, less than a month, if I um well, cure for the virus and it'll yeah, I mean, be over. No chance. I mean, people are saying that in England especially, we're, we're not even at the peak of what could happen. That's not going to happen for another 10 weeks. So if they resume it, they're just going to have to stop it again in four weeks after that, really. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's feasible, this one. I don't think the season will start again. No, it's, obviously it's a shame, but it's, it's the least likely of them all, I believe. Yeah. It is the least likely one. But then, if we decide to go on to what a fan has proposed... He's proposed uh, something along the lines of a calendar up until the 2022 season. Um, we weren't which, aware of this. Which many, many fans yeah, have come and, well, they like. Um, let me just find it. Due to coronavirus. Well, it's good to see a fan's point of view compared to just everyone else's point of view. And they're often fans, actually. This particular one's from a fan, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, he's basically said to kind of finish the season well allow up till November to finish the season um, do the Euros in January at the same time as the um, uh, the African Cup of Nations yeah then continue the season up until next year have a winter break what, and the so season on that no the next season right. so have that kind of carry on next season and then by the end of 2022 have it so that the season finishes in November of 2022 right. um, then you have a winter break and then it comes into the World Cup in Qatar and things kick off after that. But it gives no explanation oh. as to what's going to happen mm. after that particular date. So, um, for instance, there's nothing on it about what's going to happen 
longer into the future after 2022 because at the end of the day, it, are we just going to continue on? Is it is it going to like stay as it is? Is it going to is it going to be a massive break before we restart the season in the August, or is it going to be that things? Where is it? <laughs> is it going to be? I think the, maybe something with that is obviously the players are known to go on holiday during their um, break during, well, July and all that time when the season's over. Uh, could that, I don't know, could that affect that? Maybe they're not used to playing in July or whatever? It could do, but it, I think... I season think, finishing in November would be very strange. I think. Not, I, I think what the main thing is, is that after you've finished it in 2022 and after the World Cup's happened, when's the season going to resume? Is it going to resume straight after that? Or is it going to... I mean, how long will the World Cup... How long has the World Cup last? I think it's going to take until January, February time. But I think I think the main problem with that particular theory is what what we're going to do about the season because you can't just have the seasons from now on starting in um, January. Yeah, that'd be strange. So, how would that affect the January so, transfer window? Exactly. Summer so transfer window? Would you take such a... But that's what America do. They start the season in... At winter time, yeah, and push it on. So, would we have to match their calendar, or would we just take a massive nine-month break and then resume the season in August? I don't, I don't think, think you can take that. Feasible. I don't think you can really take a nine-month break. I don't, I don't think some obviously some football fans with mental health problems won't be able to survive that long. Uh, you got to think about it from the fans' point of view. I mean, nine months is a obviously for mental health problems. The world's falling apart now, and we've not had football for a week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. When I mean, me and Gabriel had to go watch non-league football, dear. And then God, I got consoles. I know. Yeah, we're awful. Oh, God, went to watch Bath Park Avenue versus uh, Curzon Ashton. Uh, what? Oh, Jesus absolute Christ. To be fair, absolute Six hundred fans there. The atmosphere wasn't actually that bad. I think you just had the you just had the seven-year-old in the stands. Yeah, yeah. The there's a video really going viral right now of a Bath Park Avenue fan. He starts on the trend. I actually met him at um, when Bradford Park Avenue played away at Farsley Celtic. And uh, basically, sorry, I was just reading something that Jack was just showing me. Um, about, about the actual Leighton Orient draw uh, tonight. It's at 8 pm, the FIFA tournament. Anyway, after that. Uh, but he's, he's basically he's gone viral because he starts on the trend. He's about, I think he said he's in year seven, he's 11 years old. As an 11 year old, to be the main ultra at a football club, even if he's in non league, that, that can be a great feeling, that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Those who are not listening to me. Whatsoever, because they're on the sports. Not a clue what you just said, Gabriel. And take a hundred. All right, so moving away from the coronavirus, there, how it has suspended all competitive football, well, any football in general, uh, for the time being. Uh, a lot of footballers took the took it upon themselves to do social media questions and answers, otherwise known as Q&A. I don't know why I call it that. Uh, for example, Ilkay Gundogan uh, did the hashtag Ask Ilkay on Twitter. And um, he got a lot of responses. And one of the controversial questions he got was, who do you believe right now at this moment in time, based on the season which is happening, slash happening, if that makes sense, who is top three best players in the world? Uh, and he came out with the answers of Lionel Messi, Kevin De Bruyne and Kylian Mbappe. So we thought we'd take it upon ourselves. Uh, obviously, our opinion didn't really matter. But we thought we'd take it upon ourselves to say who we believe that currently are our top three players or who've had the best three seasons, if that makes sense so far. So just stand up for you. First of all, our opinion matters. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. My top three is uh, not in order, but it is Erling Haaland, Robert Lewandowski and Kylian Mbappe. As you'll know, no Ronaldo and no Messi. Yeah, controversial to start with. Um, as always. Um, yeah, so obviously you've got Erling Haaland. He's 19 years old. Uh, 33 appearances in all competitions this season. 49 goal contributions, 40 goals, 9 assists. He, he, that man is a machine. I mean, he's, he's at such a young age. It's well. his first season, mm, and yeah. he's he's managed to get forty goals in thirty three appearances. He's managed to get sixteen goals in fourteen appearances in the Austrian league. He's got nine goals in eight games in the Bundesliga. Ten goals in eight games in the Champions League. 
it's his first Champions League season. He's one of only two players, I think, to rack up uh, a goal in each of his first four Champions League appearances. He's, I think, the youngest player to ever get 10 goals in a Champions League season. The man's a machine. He's, he's extraordinary and he's definitely going to have a rivalry at some point with Kylian Mbappe. Yeah, that'd be good to see. Who I also said, it's the next Messi Ronaldo, I think. Mm. Um, definitely. I mean, Mbappe's 33 appearances in all competitions, 30 goals, 17 assists. Again, the man's 21 years old. He's He's got a hell of a long way to go and he's on fire. Me, yeah, I mean, uh, are we about Mbappe now? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I won't, I won't listen. Um, <laughs> to be completely honest. Quite ironic, that early, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, like you said, two, two youngsters to be right now in your personal top three players, two uh, Mbappe 21 year olds. Yeah. I mean, for that, it just shows the quality coming through right now. It's going to be a good, it's looking like a good future football. We're not getting any of these Tim Pot players coming through, of course. No, and then obviously I've said Robert Lewandowski, who this man gets better with age. He's like kind of the Messi and Ronaldo. He, he, you have to you have to think had Messi and Ronaldo not been around or not have been prolific as he has been for the years. Lewandowski would have been up there. For he'll, he'll have definitely been up there for one of the best yeah. of all time. Maybe not the best of all time. Well, he's one of the best, best strikers yeah. of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this season, thirty nine goals in thirty three appearances in all competitions, twenty five goals in twenty three games in the Bundesliga, eleven goals in six appearances in the. It's just incredible. It's incredible. He's averaging two goals every game there enough. Mm. I mean. It, the man's extraordinary. He really, really is. Yeah, I mean, if he's played for a country like Poland as well, you'd expect to see him at one of those elite nations like the France, the Spain, the Italy, whoever. But uh, you don't usually find players like him for a smaller country. Well, not smaller country, but uh, not as big of a reputation in terms of football like Poland. No, right. Jack? Uh, so my three is uh, Lionel Messi, Erling Haaland and Robert Lewandowski again. Okay. Now, uh, Lionel Messi, everyone knows Lionel Messi with him, you know, being... If not the greatest player in the world, yeah, for many many years, probably of all time, in my opinion, one of the, uh, the greatest of all time, with a 126 million pound price tag on him this season, with him having 31 appearances, 24 goals, and 16 assists, with him being injured within the first five six weeks of the season. That's incredible. He is he is a quality quality player, you know, with him, you know, being at Barcelona for so long, his whole career, yeah, mm, is. Yeah. It's obviously helped him a lot. He's uh, obviously coming through a lot of barriers as well, such as his, his height. Which yeah, is, yeah. It's a big factor in whether or not he would become a professional footballer, footballer. But thank God that he did because he's, he's been a joy to he watch. Yeah, a pleasure. Absolute yeah. pleasure. And now going on to Erling Haaland, this this boy, you could call him, young man, uh, he's, he's only 19 and uh, he's, he, he's a quality player. Yeah, he is. Uh, with, him, with him being so young and having £72 million transfer market value for him in, in in playing for one of if not the biggest German teams Ooh, yeah, or yeah. nearly one, one of one of yeah them and, them and uh, Bayern, Bayern yeah. Yeah. yeah and with him with the, them being one of you know they were probably up there with the best teams in the world yeah they've been in Champions point. League finals and everything and yeah. you know this this man as born in Leeds um I don't know if the rumours are true of him being conceived in Leeds Stadium are true, <laughs> yeah. but you know, within this season, he's had 33 appearances in uh, all competitions, mm. 40 goals and nine assists, which is you know extraordinary stats for you know a, a player of such a young age. Yeah, with him, you know, coming through as a winter signing for Dortmund. yeah, what a sign that I mean, was. Yeah, but Man United didn't get him. I mean, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, John, but I've just got some stats here from his career as a whole 
obviously he played for Molder, which is where um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer came from yeah. as well. 50 appearances at Molder, 20 goals. I mean, he must have been at Molder from like yeah. 17 or yeah. something. Yeah, he must have yeah, yeah, Red Bull Salzburg pick him up and he's got 29 goals in 27 appearances for them. And then for Dortmund so far, 12 goals in 11 appearances this season, of which two goals have come from him being a left winger. So not only can he play as a target striker... He must be a key factor for him. He was born with the with the talent for football. That's oh, yeah, hundred percent. When they started, he used to be a professional football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And my last one being Robert Lewandowski, uh, Bayern Munich player, as yeah. you know, must have been there for many many years. Thirty-one years old and transfer market value sixty-three million pounds. So Haaland is. Apparently worth more than Lewandowski at this point. Yeah, he could be looking at age though. Yeah. With and also with with Josh said him coming from Poland, which is you know not the most well-known football footballing country. Yeah. As you know, they've they've got the likes of Chesney and Lewandowski. Cam- Blick, yeah. Like, no, no massive names. Yeah. No. The only two you know most notable names are Chesney and Lewandowski, pretty much. Yeah, basically. And you know, in all competitions this season is um. Oh, I can't find the stats. There they are. <laughs> all, com- all competitions, he's had 30, 33 appearances, 39 goals and five assists this season. Which is, you know, and he was he was interested. He, he was injured uh, with a shin bone injury. Returned expected on March twenty fifth, but obviously as uh, football is cancelled, yeah. So football football being suspended, that's that's also a big hit for every football team around the world. And you know he is he's a he's an extraordinary player. He is he's quality. He is, he's he absolutely is. quality. Yeah. Now I'm just reading this. There's only one game this season. He hasn't played the full ninety minutes in the league. It was just Lewandowski. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was against Cologne. He only played seventy one minutes. Oh. Oh. Jesus Christ, transfer market is amazing. Wow. Oh, you screw it up. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, we get all our stats off there, by the way, in case someone was wondering. Um, hence why, we, like when we say how much the work, it, it comes off that. We're not just making it up off the top of our heads. Uh, but yeah, onto my. Have you said all your top three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all right. On to my top three. Uh, I have written them down and I completely forgot. Yeah, I thought really well done. <laughs> uh, just a second then, sorry. I think one of them was, one of them was definitely Jaden Sancho, who none of you two have said yet. Controversial. Yeah, I think it's just something about him. I really like it. He's a quick winger, linked with massive clubs like Man United. Obviously, joined Dortmund uh, for just, I think it was 10 million from Man yeah. City. Such a young age. And for them to... He's flourished so much to football with that club. He's played ninety. Go- he's played ninety games for Borussia Dortmund already with thirty-one goals and forty-two assists in that time. I mean, yeah, that's quite for his age. He's probably number three though, Manus. I mean, above him, I put um, in no particular order: Lionel Messi and Erling Haaland, because them two are currently right now the recurring theme. I think for most of our list, especially Haaland, especially yeah. Haaland, yeah. Um, but the reason I, I don't know, I've left Ronaldo. I want to talk about this because YouTube didn't really talk about Ronaldo leaving out because obviously we've already talked about the stats of Messi and Haaland. Yeah, I left Ronaldo out. I just I'm going to be a bit controversial here, but since he's moved to Juventus, he hasn't really. I'm not saying he's done well for them, but he's sort of dropped off as the best footballer I mean, in the world. I mean, last season he lost out on the Golden Boot to 37-year-old Fabio Quagliarella. I've absolutely butched that name. I've absolutely smashed it. I've not even yeah, going to attempt that. Yeah, I've not even going yeah. to attempt that. But yeah, he's 37-year-old and he bet world-class, I say, in in you know, speech marks, Cristiano Ronaldo I mean, to the Golden Boot. I've um, got some stats here from his time at Juventus. Yeah. Uh, 75 appearances, 53 goals, 14 assists. This season, 32 appearances, 25 goals, 4 assists. Yeah, I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but I think it's time for him to step aside. There's, there's new blood coming in, such as Sancho, Haaland, uh, Mbappe, and I think it's about, soon enough, uh, he, he'll be out of that um, that category of Ballon d'Or 
contestants, if that makes sense. I mean, you could say that, but then if you look at his Serie A stats, mm. I mean, I think it's the Champions League that's held him up this season with only two goals in seven appearances. Yeah, and he's, his Serie A stats, 21 goals, three assists in 22 appearances. Yeah, you've got to look what league they're playing as well. I mean, for example, you see, we're all right saying Haaland and Mbappe and Lewandowski, but not, they, are play, they are playing the greatest leagues in the world. We've not actually said any of the Premier League footballers, have we? No. No, which is quite surprising. And maybe shows how it sort of dropped off. That's, no, that's a topic for another time, anyway. But if, if we want to look at Premier League players, we could look at Ilkay Gundogan. He's oh, a, yeah. He said Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin one of his teammates. If we look at De Bruyne's stats... Yeah, it shows the effects he must have on that dressing I mean, room. I think they're extraordinary. You've got 35 appearances in all competitions this season for um, Kevin De Bruyne. Nine goals. And what's that? Like 20 assists. Hmm. I mean, admittedly, he's world-class. There's, no, there's no, no doubt about it. He's played as a central midfielder, attacking midfielder, right wing this season. His time at Manchester City has consisted of 209 appearances, 50 goals and 86 assists. He's not so much of a goal scorer, but he certainly is a creative player. Uh, the final topic we're going to be talking about is the manager of the month and the player of the month Premier League decisions, which have just been released today. But first of all, I want to apologise about our microphone quality. We've just realised on the last clip... But it's not being plugged in properly, so this entire time it's not being recorded properly, uh, which is, of course, a shame. But anyway, moving on to next week, it'll be a lot better, we promise. Um, <laughs> moving on to the February Barclays manager shortlist. Uh, the four nominees were Mikel Arteta, who has played three games, won two, uh, drawn one, and lost none. So obviously, it's a very positive record. Sean Dyche, who did eventually go on to win it, played four, won two, drew two, and lost none. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Played three, won two, drawed one and lost zero. And finally, Sheffield United manager Chris Wilder won two, drawed one and lost zero. They are the stats for the manager of the month. Of course, it was Burnley manager Son Dyche who won it uh, as he guided his team into the top half following an undefeated February. A very good record for a very good manager, it's fair to say. Yeah, five goals for one against in February. It's not that bad. Um, Drawing against teams like Arsenal, obviously. No one's won the Premier League Giants, so it's fair to say. No, but... I think the only reason he's won it is because he's done it with Burnley. Personally, I think he should have gone to Wally Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, I actually say Chris, Chris Wilder. If I'm honest, I'm I think nice. he should have gone to Wally Gunnar Solskjaer. Mm. I think Solskjaer, no goals against in the last five appearance, in the last three appearances in the Premier League. Um, five goals, four. And at the end of the day, it's not just in the Premier League that they're on fire. They're on fire in all, of, all competitions, really. I think they're undefeated in something like 10 games. Yeah, well, it's good to see an actual different manager win it rather than Jurgen Klopp, who has won it uh, Five times out of the possible six, yeah, and the other funny. time was Frank Lampard. So it's good to see one of those managers who are lower down in the league when it with Burnley. Yeah, August, Jurgen Klopp, September, Jurgen Klopp, October, Frank Lampard makes a change, and then a tri- hat trick for Jurgen Klopp from November, December, and January. He wasn't yeah. even in the shortlist this time, and I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> very awkward month for Liverpool, if I'd say. Uh, but yeah, obviously, moving on to the players who did uh, manage to get nominated, we have Marcus Alonso of Chelsea. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang of Arsenal, Dominic Calvert-Lewin of Everton, Matt Doherty of Wolves, Bruno Fernandes of Man United, of course, the Portuguese playmaker who joined from Sporting, and Violin Nitpop, who we did talk about last week, if you want to go check that out, um, of Burnley, nice little plug there. Uh, but yeah, of course, the final winner was Bruno Fernandes of Manchester United. He's had a great start to his career uh, with the Red Devils upon joining, joining in January. 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 <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's done really well under Solskjaer. Obviously, Josh City thinks Solskjaer should have won it. So, I mean, it would have made a good little Man United month to say if a player and manager of the club both won it. Yeah, I think Bruno Fernandes, since he's come to Man U, he's done exceptional, really, hasn't he? Yeah, and yet, uh, wait, no, sorry. I read that wrong. Yeah, he has, yeah, did he get a goal? Yeah, he got a goal. Sorry about that. A goal and two assists, but obviously that's just for February. He came in in January as well. And I think he's had a goal contribution every single game he's played. Yeah. Since Bruno Fernandes has come, I think Manchester United are undefeated or they might have only 
lost one game maybe. Mm. But he's been an integral part of that team and he's done what Paul Pogba should have done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Paul Pogba's now apparently expressed his interest in staying in Manchester United, which is, in my opinion, it's a bit... If I were Man United, I would honestly sell Pogba because... If I was Man United, I'd sold Pogba a long time. Yeah, his attitude is yeah, it's woeful. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to watch, just want to stay because obviously you've got one more decent player in the team. I, I'd I cash in on him. Probably could get a better player than him, to be honest, at this, I mean, at this stage. All, I mean, they're already looking at... Um, Van der Beek from Ajax. Yeah, that'd be they're great. Sound that. A young player, uh, clearly proved himself in the Dutch league, which obviously isn't a great league, but we've seen other players come, come here and Imagine do well. a Manchester United midfield of Bruno Fernandes, Fred, who's coming to form that, mm. McTominay, Van der Beek. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a good team. Man United could really start and get, to back, get back to where they are uh, with the manager of the month, nominee, and obviously the player of the month in there. At their disposal. Um, somehow, I don't think that that's their long-term goal game. Just to get people in the manager month. Well, if you get, if you get players in manager month and <laughs> player of the month, you know you're doing well. Uh, but obviously, it's good to see Nick Pope getting there as well. A Burnley goalkeeper, an English goalkeeper. Uh, but yeah, it's really good to see a goalkeeper actually getting nominated because you don't you don't usually see that. You usually just well, yeah. get the attackers. You can see um, from their last three appearances last month: three clean sheets, two wins, two yeah. draws. I mean, what more can you ask for? To be fair, from I know he definitely makes his case for the England call up for the Euros, but he doesn't really consider them now next year. Yeah. So um, last week's podcast, the first part of it, is pretty irrelevant. Yeah, between him, um, Dean Ensor, and Jordan Pickford, who we won't continue to talk about because. Uh, we might receive another visit from him. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, see a right back in there as well with Matt Doherty. Uh, obviously, he's got three clean sheets in his past three games uh, in February. Done really well for, for Wolves. Is he, is he Irish? I have a clue. I, I think he's Irish, so shame that if he's not in the English squad. Uh, but I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he's Irish, yeah. Good player for them. Uh, Josh Fields need to Google if he's Irish now or not, to be fair to him. Uh, but yeah, obviously, Wolves have, again, had a great season, to be fair to them. And he is Irish. We're getting the, we're getting the full look of approval. <laughs> oh, a big risk, and we've managed to come away with that. Uh, but yeah, we could see that again in the fullback. Um, obviously, the likes of Arsenal's Bamian uh, played three games, got three goals. Uh, won two of those games, unfortunately, lost one of them. Marco, Marcus Alonso's a left back, three goals in his last three appearances. Yeah, I mean, although <laughs> no clean sheets doesn't really happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good to see again from a defender. You don't usually see stats like that. Dominic Carvalhoon as a striker two goals one assist you know playing for Everton who have uh, started to come into it under Carlo Angelotti he yeah. turned it on under him as well he's, he's, he's forms turned well dramatically yeah he's exceptional he's been doing really well for him yeah definitely um, you've got obviously Aubameyang as Gabriel said and yeah all together I think Bruno Fernandes out of them all definitely deserve yeah. to win it Once again, a massive apology about the audio. We just listened back to it. It's absolutely it's shocking. For the first 30 minutes of it, it'll be much better next week. We can promise you that. Uh, as usual, I'd like to thank my co-host, Josh. It's all right. And uh, Jack Needler. Thank you very much. Uh, Henry should, as usual, be back with us next week, but he chose to work at his new job instead. So good luck, Henry. Cheers, for, cheers for letting me make up the numbers, fellas. Let us know on the Twitters, because we, we post this on our Twitters, if you'd like us to talk about anything specific. Uh, for example, if you've got any questions, you probably won't do but just to let you know. Yes. And thank you if you've got to this far in the actual podcast. That's a huge achievement. Because definitely next week, we will probably have nothing to talk about. Yeah, we're genuinely, gonna, might be about five minutes long. We're going to be struggling. Hopefully it's been just as a <laughs> hectic week as it is this week. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week.